is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host Brandon, joined by my co-host Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we've got the Aston Villa match uh, review from Boxing Day, and uh, my I was I had my parents here watching part of it. Elizabeth was here, and of course, the age-old question, Dan, circulating. What the hell's Boxing Day? And Boxing Day is just, at this point, a day for you to sit down and watch a, uh, I believe the technical term, Nick, is fuck ton of sports. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of feels like it's evolved into the British version of Thanksgiving for us over here, where the whole purpose is to sit down with family or friends or maybe go to the pub or maybe go to the match and just watch sports all day. And uh, of course there's a historical significance and charitable giving in the UK and, and things like that. But uh, for, for all intents and purposes for this show, it's a day of football. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, for uh, all the staff that had to work on Christmas serving the families. They got You're their right. presents and their meal the next day. But to your point, it has turned very commercial uh, but there is a nice charitable giving aspect of it, which is nice. Uh, speaking of ridiculous things, uh, Nick, uh, welcome to episode 700 tonight. 700 episodes of this podcast. I mean, here we've done so many shows this year. I had to ask Dan, like it was probably like two weeks ago, and then I had to ask him again today. Hey, what's which episode is going to be 700? This one. We have done this for 700 episodes over seven and a half years, and our production has only increased over the last handful of years, making it far easier to get from 400 to 700. 400 was like the, I think the last one we like properly celebrated. And it, I, like, 500. Is, I think we celebrated 500 pretty well, I believe. We did like a whole blowout for 400, though, is a thing. Like, but anyway, we're at 700 now, and we're. Uh, we're doing this on boxing day in the evening and we're tired and, and so we're celebrating this way, I suppose. So pop champagne or do whatever you do. Uh, yeah, look, putting together special episodes is a lot harder than maybe some of you might think. So we just roll on and by rolling on, we mean match review time. So we're going to be talking about look who's back, uh, switches in play and Tuchel man on fire, uh, are going to be our three topics. But before we get into that, Dan, we need to do a temp check with, the three-word match review from all of our amazing, amazing listeners and social media followers. Well, their three-word match reviews were belated Christmas gifts to me because mm. there were quite a lot of wonderful ones to choose from. We had Grizz with Lou Baku, ah, bringing it back. That was wonderful. Had the spaces in there for the accentuation. We had five takes with Rom Villa Killa. I There's like a stat that. stat later we'll get to that uh, helps underline that point. Big Nash with the Romelu unboxing day. Because, right, yes, the packaging has been reopened. He's back there. It's good. Dean Mears with difference is striking. Mm. No pun there. Mr. Thurman with Callum Mustard, Mustard Odoi. I thought it was mustard initially, so I read it wrong. But uh, it's still good. Either way, um, works. Ben with the goodbye December blues. Not, not so fast. There's one more match still. Nicholas with the... George Inyo, ho, ho, ho. Like, yeah, they like Christmas, yeah. Ultra Irony with the Veni Villa Vici. Patrick with the Leftovers Taste Better. Derek with No AV Trouble. Uh, maybe a little bit initially. Claire with three in a row, all alliteration, right to Nick's heart. 
Rom rides roughshod. Var vanquishes Villa, and then pleasing penalty plays. And then uh, Nicholas Ben Chilwell getting in on the action too. We can't stop Rom. It was great. Can't stop Rom. I think Ben probably knows a little thing or two about Rom from training, uh, and and this probably made him happy that he was running at other people instead of instead of him. Uh, but look, these were all very good. I like Rom Villakilla the most probably, but you know it's it's like a it's like cool rapper name. So yeah, yeah. Shout out to Dean Mears for tagging us. That was funny. He said he didn't tag London Blue Pod <laughs> to Chili B. Uh, you know, get involved, Chili. Come on now. This is Come the on, official Chili. place to and, do and, it. And, and Dean's response was just he wanted to make sure that Ben got credit. And absolutely uh, we, we appreciate that. Yes, credit where it's deserved. I said celebrate center forwards. Mm. All right, it's been a while. Even Kai isn't a true center forward. Turns out having a proper center forward goes a long ways. Poor Christian. Uh, he can get back to a much better position, which we saw when Rom came in. Uh, Dan, what about you? Inter Lukaku loading. That run at the end was, was in, in some of the highlight reels that we had seen before he re-signed for Chelsea. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, no, very, very impressive. Love seeing that. He keeps doing that, Nick. Nobody's going to be able to stick with him. So what about you? Half-fit midfield. Yeah. Oh, well, that was On a good dour. day. Sorry. <laughs> it, it only just runs our whole team, so it's not a big deal if you're, if you're a big fan of midfields. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about the old injury crisis. Yeah, and obviously it's a huge part of it which, again, we can talk about because our shape was quite poor today, even though we had what you would say would be our top, top midfield lineup, but they did not look like the imperious uh, clean sheet brigade that we're used to. So, uh, Dan, we have some Apple podcast reviews and a little bit of a shout-out for Spotify crew as well. Yeah, it was Team Taylor, Florida, Blue London, 1905, Deepak in Blue London from the UK, and then Overdose 4G in Germany, all leaving wonderful five-star reviews. They gave us the gift of a five-star review during the Christmas period. But hey, we'll take those gifts all year long. So if you haven't done it already, you might be hanging out with family. They might have an iPhone. You might want to borrow said iPhone. You might want to ask permission. You don't want to just take off a nightstand or something and like, you know, use their face ID when they're sleeping. No, don't do that. Ask permission. Go into their Apple Podcasts app and leave a five-star review and say, uh, hey, I'm so-and-so reviewing from this phone and I uh, just wanted to give you guys some love. We'd appreciate that. And on Spotify, you can now rate podcasts, and we're up to 164 reviews at a 5.0 rating. So we appreciate it. It's actually the best of all the other Chelsea pods love that. in the, the universe. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. Off go to a strong <laughs> off to a strong start. Uh, but let us go ahead and jump into the match review. It was Aston Villa this past Sunday, the 26th of December. And it was a Premier League match at Villa Park. Scoreline, in case you somehow missed it, Aston Villa 1, Chelsea 3. Goals from Reese James on goal. Jorginho with his first pen. Lukaku getting the second. And Jorginho rounding it off in stoppage time with a second penalty. So we'll go ahead and throw it over to the official fifth standout with Chelsea FC. Shout out to them for letting us use this. Let's go back and review what happened. Here we go. Cash. And again. Coming earlier. What a good header from Chalaba. Watkins. Target with the first time cross. Awkward! Oh, it's a freakish opening goal. It's not Masuaku, but it's just as painful. 
And it's one that has a claret and blue side in front. Alonso, you feel, is key today. Oh, oh hello! Penalty shot, yes! Does yes. challenge on Hudson Adoy. Matty Cash with it. Jorginho from 12 yards is going to have the chance to make it 1 1. In it goes, 1 1. Chelsea's top scorer, deadly from the spot. Jorginho is the man again. That is 22 out of his 25 Chelsea penalties have gone in. And that lead didn't last very long at all. No, it didn't. Possession on Chelsea. As you said, Ben, this can't get out at the moment. Jorginho's just found a little hole. Buendia, sloppy. Let him in there. Hudson Adoy looking for Lukaku. That'll do ya! Chelsea, instant impact, right from when he came on. Having that option in the box has made the difference. And he's beautifully picked out by Hudson-Odoi here. Seven in seven against Villa for Romelu Lukaku. And look Brilliant at the Lukaku. strength of Lukaku. Brilliant Lukaku. Too strong for target. He's passed oh, Conley, that's a penalty. It's game over. Brilliant strike Lukaku. That's what he's bolting for. There's your 90 million pound man right there. Ice cool. Can he make it two out of two? Yes, he can. 3-1. Stick a fork in the turkey, folks. It's done. All right, Dan. Now that we know how it went down, walk us through the lineup. Well, it was uh, none other than Edouard Mendy between the sticks with Antonio Rudiger, Thiago Silva, and Trev Chalaba in front of him. Midfield plus wingbacks including Marcus Alonso, Jorginho, in Golo Kante and Reese James. And then forwards were Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Unused subs, uh, Kepa, Saar, Aspilicueta, Barkley, Saul, and Ziesch. We saw off the bench, Mateo Kovacic, Andreas Christensen, and Romelu Lukaku. Lukaku coming in first, 45th minute. And then you saw Christensen come in for Silva being injured, 52nd minute. And then Kovacic came in 63rd minute for N'Golo Kante. And look at that, Nick, a full bench with only one goalkeeper on it. How about that? <laughs> what a yeah. sight to see. Don't have Progress. To him, don't have to play him as midfield. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, you know, hopefully we're getting healthier. I mean, between COVID and the amount of injuries that this team has gone through, it's kind of wild to see that the bench is starting to take shape again and that we're, we might be getting back to somewhat of a closer semblance of, of what this team can actually do. But yeah, it's been pretty, uh, pretty thin there for a while. Well, some of the top line match stats were Chelsea with 58% possession. We had 10 shots, four on target Deville's eight shots, only one on target. Um, we had 17 tackles apiece, which is, that was pretty interesting. We had 18 clearances to their 22. Uh, we had five corners to their two, a couple offsides apiece, one caution for Chelsea, three for Aston Villa and then obviously we conceded 11 fouls to their eight uh the at or at xg philosophy piping in said Aston Villa with a 0.4 xg to Chelsea's 2.79 so um while the xg made it look like we limited them uh in attack it did not feel that way it was quite open uh Trevor Chalaba personally saving about as many shots as Mendy, I think, on the day. Uh, and then one random stamp from at Grant DeSmit, former guest, says, since Thomas Tuchel's first game in charge in January of last year, 
Chelsea have lost fewer Premier League games than any other side, five, while only Man City have won more points than the Blues in that period. Man City having 92, Chelsea in 79. But again, Grant, I love you, but we got to be careful with this calendar year stuff, right? I think that just shows you a little bit of trending, but we got to go with the season line. So again, huge effort uh, and impact from, from Tuchel. Brandon, so. Busby, Brandon Busby, would you allow a stat, though, like Jorginho now owning the calendar year Premier League penalty stat, oh, if it also means erasing Steven Gerrard as the previous joint holder of it. But again, it's calendar years is weird. I mean, I at least Bruno Panandish is out of the conversation. To see where you're where you're at, yep. you know? Are you happy yep. erasing some Liverpool records? But the thing is, it's not a record. <laughs> it's a talking point for Liverpool. Okay. So, All but right. yeah, sure, you can squash Pro it. Pro Liverpool fair. Brandon Busby on the podcast again. Just yeah. the bias. Hate it. Bro, that you, is not hate it. it. On the 700th episode, we get that. Yeah. That's, that's tough. No. <laughs> Shocking reveal. Shocking reveal. <laughs> that's that's going to be the YouTube card. Brandon shocking reveal. Just because I'm wearing a red hoodie. Let's not get it mixed up. And pet shithouse moment of the match, sir. Uh, I'm giving mine because I I think Big Rom owns the the XB today, but I'm giving mine to Trev Chalaba in the first half. He put in a couple of uh, crunching tackles on Ollie Watkins and Buendia, and then has has begun to swag a little bit with the referees, even offering up a few uh, cheeky smiles along the way, and like. Clearly, when he pulls down a player, going, he's he has like his hand on his own shirt, going, "Ref, he has my shirt too." Ref, come on, it's nice. It's uh, he's starting to develop a little bit of the dark arts, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and then obviously Dan uh, Joe Tweed's coming in with the most obvious expected bodies of the day. Well, I mean, look, when Lukaku not only beats you in a foot race and then lets you slip off in glorious fashion as a way to, you know, just cement the moment. To frame it, I think actually Chelsea FC in USA had the uh, you're not the guy, pal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not that guy, it. pal. That was quite wonderful. So uh, chef kiss moment there. Fantastic. Wonderful expected body. All right. Well, let us go ahead and take our break. Get it out of the way. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. We're back. Uh, we're going to jump right into look who's back. Here we go. All right, coming out of the ad break, huge shout out to Alex P., John S., Mitchell P., Jack G. for joining us on Patreon. A huge, thriving community on Discord. Uh, definitely worth the 3 or $5 a month if you want. Uh, so thank you to them for jumping in. And obviously, we had a jam-packed week of pods. We even had a bonus episode with at Chelsea Youth talking about the depth and the young players who did feature in midweek. Uh, but, Dan, we have more. Uh, five pod last week, more pods this week. Well, end of year episodes, we have to give out some awards you know, in only the way that we're capable of doing. I mean, it's what you've been waiting for this entire calendar year Come since on. the last one we dropped. We've got a bright match review. We've got some more Matt Law coming back going on. Uh, maybe a conversation with Phil at Chelsea Youth about JT rejoining Chelsea at the Academy. Ooh, yeah, man, secrets out. A lot of stuff we need to cover here. So, but, but Brandon, we should talk about the Belgian, the big Belgian. Not the not the Belgian that sat on his brother's lap for a Christmas card. What? Did you guys not see the Hazard family photo? 
Did no. you guys see the Belgian national team post the Christmas photo? Oh my gosh. No. As Chelsea content creators, you two completely whipped and missed this on social media. But, the, but he's not a Chelsea player. Oh, he's former Blues Dan. Anyways, uh, go check it out. I hope everyone on social media roasts you for missing that. Uh, Romelu Lukaku uh, got some quotes pre-match. Tuchel saying he's definitely not ready to play 90 minutes. Uh, so Christian Pulisic started up top. Uh, but we got to see him at halftime. And we've been talking about... You know, Tuchel subs lately, Nick, you know, kind of leaving us a little bit unsatisfied or maybe we feel like it wasn't the right change. Uh, Tuchel kind of blew it up. We changed formations. Uh, we got Lukaku on. Um, sadly, we had a couple injuries, but 45 minutes of, Lu- of Lukaku invoking chaos was a joyous return. He looked like he like Luke, like Tuchel had been holding him back just long enough that when he came out, he came out flying and absolutely hungry. Yeah, I mean... Uh, for a guy who's literally just back from COVID, it, it was pretty astonishing to see. And and again, I mean, we, we've we've talked to, with, with Tweeds and you know the the um, the Tinkerman show has talked about all the tactical ruminations that happen here, but there's just no substitute for a proper center forward, especially in this formation. I mean, we we have gone through the likes of Giroud and Kai Havertz and and Timo and, and every you know, kind of combination thereof and a proper center forward, I think makes this formation work better. Not only are they able to uh, provide a target up top uh, to, you know, for, for some sort of reference point, uh, Rom is able to distribute the ball. I think just as effectively as Drew used to be able to do. And it just opens up space for players who have been kind of running into a brick wall for a long time. And, you know, I'll let Dan go through the stats here. But, uh, you know, for me, it was just a breath of fresh air. Honestly, it was a breath of fresh air to see him back, to see him running at defenders, see him in a little bit of space, which was, you know, nice, especially considering how we've been playing lately and being so ball dominant. So, yeah, I was just massively, massively uh, happy with with his return, Dan, and and I think this is, you know, all all these all, every season that we've done, I've had these little inflection points along the way, and I hope that this is a positive inflection point for the team. Well, when at Satman Dave is tweeting a forty five minute contribution of four out of four passes completed inside the penalty area, one goal score and one penalty one, which should have been a red. Yeah, absolutely should. Just should have been a red. Well, you know, Atkinson not the best day that he's had on the pitch. Uh, no surprise. But yeah, it was great to have Lukaku back. It's great to see the way he came out and played. He not only was using that kind of wonderful move that he's told you he has given defenders the script. I am if you let me play in back to you and I can push you off. I am going to turn you and I am going to wreak havoc. And not only was he on the pitch so shortly, he was in the box, which gave us a target. When you have someone like Callum or Reese or Mason, who's capable of playing that ball in centrally to a player, fantastic to have that height, to have the awareness that he has. You know, we saw it when the goal that he was able to body effectively everybody out of the way, get the height he needed and just ping it directly in it was phenomenal just a textbook header brandon and i mean i don't know i i feel like this is the the inverse of all the news we've been having over the past couple of weeks where it's like players unavailable player catches covid 
players out to injury. This is like the inverse of that, where it's actually the first time we've gotten good player news about our existing complement of players in a while. And that, I think, is going to do a lot for the confidence of the squad as well. Without a doubt. Uh, look, we've been saying we need that focal point up top. Haven't had it for a while. We try to be in, you know, try to be creative um, to really not much success. So uh, to see him looking sharp, uh, to see him sharp-ish, I should say, uh, but to see him kind of occupy that space tactically, I think was important. That's what Tuchel said, quote from Naz saying, I first asked him, I think he can play 45 minutes. I wanted him to play 45 minutes as a nine with no switch in our tactical formation. He doesn't need me or any speech for me to play a game like this. He has done it all his life, which is 100% true. Uh, you plop him in, the dude's going to occupy the middle and look to score goals at all times. And uh, he's probably was just short of getting a second. Um, and you love that he hates Villa. So add up to Joe tweeting nine. Romelu Lukaku has scored nine goals in 10 Premier League appearances against Aston Villa. He hasn't scored more against any other opponent in the big five European leagues in his career. Villain, uh, which is, again, you got to have your team, right? His team happens to be Villa, which is great. Um, Nick, when we first signed Lukaku, we talked a lot about not only his goal-scoring ability, but his mentality and the leadership and stuff that he brings to this team. His post-match quotes, like, give me chills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a sign of maturity. You know, he's obviously, you know, in the prime of his career now, right? I mean, this is a guy who's, who's been there, done that, been around the block a few times. And so for him to come out and say, we are the hunters now. And and Dan took this perfect screenshot of a serious uh, looking man who, who just did some business on the field. It's exactly what we want to hear, right? Like I, I I was always uncomfortable this year with the we are title favorites talk because I you know I, until further notice Manchester City are the best team in England um, and we're just so happened to be the best team in Europe. But uh, it is it's nice to hear that now, to me, Dan. Like I think this team, you know. All the extra bullshit aside, right? All the injuries, all the COVID, all the Premier League only postponing some matches and not others. And like all of the stuff that feels out of our control, which is to me always the stuff that gives me the most nerve. I, I hope that he is able to come back, provide some leadership, that we get some of our other players back who can provide some leadership. And this team kind of rallies around this moment as a potential inflection point in the rest of the season. And just to say, look, we're six, you know, we're six points back. It may not happen this year, but we're going to push them the entire way. We're going to make it so that they cannot uh, slip up whatsoever. We're going to make it really uncomfortable for them. And uh, I I liked this. I I think this is the right attitude. I think the thing to keep in mind is he's only now just passed. He's had 740 minutes played for the Premier League season so far. He has featured (laughs) in... 12 matches he's only started seven that's 8.2 total 90s so 45 and change percent of the season he's actually been on the pitch and he's still at 0.49 let's round it 0.5 goals or assists per 90 like getting him back in when you think about the fact that the other individuals it may sound obviously a little inflated because of the the hat trick game reese's cooled off a little bit Kovacic 
obviously very uh, understandably uh, <laughs> uh, overperformed earlier in the season and uh, is now regressing back to a mean. And then Bel Ben Chilwell was the third highest kind of goal and assist uh, contributor is obviously out kind of currently. And so to get him back as a part of the attack, particularly as you look at midfield contributions regressing back to the mean or players, defenders also kind of chilling a little bit here. This is so critical and is coming at such a clutch time because if you look at the beyond Brighton, the matches start to get very tricky, very hard. You know, we know that with the African Cup of Nations that all of these players are going to be getting an extra day to report to camp. So Salah isn't going to be gone. Many won't be gone, but Salah's not going to be gone. Many, uh, Mane is not going to be gone for Liverpool. And so that game is now even harder. So if we have a Lukaku, Brandon, who's ready to go, who's up for that match, who is talking about us being the Hunters, and now we go into the match, even though a game extra played, level on points, psychologically, that's a really good thing to have. No, absolutely. I think another thing Lukaku said, too, is how important it was for him. I think he's like, I needed a game like this, too. So I think him scoring and being involved so heavily in the second yeah. goal. Also, look, we talk about strikers. It's such a confidence position. So uh, I think this will probably speed up any type of um, on-field transitions he needs because he's going to walk out of there and said, hey, Essentially, I bagged two goals today. So uh, what a great return in 45 minutes of football. Well, and you could tell, too, like the impact that he has on Cal and, and Pulisic and everyone else around. Like, Do you see him and Cal like walking back to the halfway line and NBC was on them? And they were having a joke. They were definitely, they've got something they're talking about. And Lukaku even like put his arm around Cal and they did their little hand dap up and stuff. So, yeah, to your point, they, have a, they clearly have a big relationship. Well, I mean, and, and again, this has not been the dream start to his Chelsea career that uh, that Lukaku probably wanted, right? Injuries, COVID, uh, up and down, whatever. Let, let's just, on whatever, this is December 26th. If he plays 80% of our matches the rest of the season, our pr our outlook has to be so much different than it is right like currently right now without him right like th this guy we bought this guy for a hundred million pounds roughly or whatever it was for a fucking reason like he's supposed to do this it shouldn't shock you that he does this like i know he's been out for a while and i know people are like wow what a player yeah this is who we bought like go listen to the special that we did this summer when we signed him like this is what everyone expects from this guy he knows it he, he has the weight of expectations and leadership on his shoulders and you know, I, I just sincerely hope for him that he's able to close this year out in grand style because if he gets anywhere near that 2025 goal mark, we're in a we're talking about a different place in the table. We're top, talking about a different spot and, you know, where we might finish in the Champions League and the FA Cup and all this other stuff. And it, you know, if if you take Saul out of Liverpool, if you take, you know, De Bruyne out of Man City, what happens? That You know, there is a, a general fall off. So, Having not had him for a majority of the season, it feels like we're we're going to be in a good spot if he stays around, gets healthy. All right. Well, uh, that was the straightforward part. Uh, the not-so-straightforward part <laughs> was the uh, switches in play. Some forced, some tactical. So, obviously, the first change uh, was Lukaku coming on at half. Uh, that ended up putting Pulisic at right wing back, which replaced James. Uh, James went to right center back, replacing Shalaba. 
or uh, Hudson Adoy ended up uh, staying at his left wing. Christensen then had to come on for an injured Thiago Silva hamstring confirmed by Tuchel. And then Kovacic came on uh, as a midfield replacing Conte, which is the knee injury. And Tuchel is very explicit saying it is very painful for N'Golo. It's the same injury he had in Juventus. So now we're back to managing pain with him. Rather, are you injured or not, which is the worst situation for us to be in. So again, a lot of changes uh, there. Uh, thankfully, Christian was able to get up in a pretty attacking position as a right wing back, and Reese James is occupying uh, his normal space, even though he's the right center back. But uh, a lot of different things. Everywhere on the goddamn pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever the fuck I want. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I, I missed the shithouse moment. Do you guys remember when Reese chased, I think it was Buendia, it might have been someone else, it might have been Bertrand Traore or someone. Do you remember where he chased him all the way across to Mark Salato and just like wouldn't let him go? I was like, I've never seen a center back just go, nope, you're mine. I'm staying here and just like follow him. Missile. It was yeah, great. it was unbelievable. <laughs> so, Dan, changes. Changing. Yeah, there was a lot to like. I think obviously getting Mukaka back, which we just whacked wax poetic about i think once we brought kovacic in we actually saw the midfield stringing passes together again which was very nice you know even though you you talked about this earlier brandon we did have the quote-unquote best pairing of Jorginho and conte playing together neither of them looked like they were at full fitness today we know that Jorginho is nursing a hip injury that he is playing through which is Again, a uh, golf golf clap for him for doing that. You know, he's obviously been putting mm-hmm. himself on the line for the team, which is an immense thing to do. And then Conte is just, it's tough. It, it, it's a really tough thing here, Nick, to know that we are in a position where when, when he's healthy, he gives us the best possible performance. But we know, given the past season and a half now at this point, that his availability is, is never going to be 100% of matches, never going to be 90% of matches again. Uh, that is potentially a luxury we'll never have again and makes me wonder how much of a, how much are we going to have to ask Matt Law this week about what Chelsea's plans are for potentially buying somebody? Because we mentioned that last week. It's like, oh, if there's only an injury issue, well, <laughs> surprise. Uh- yeah, Matt's really glad he hasn't given us his WhatsApp at this point, I think. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I as as the president of the Angolo Conte fan club, I, I'm just devastated by this. I mean, it, 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 Tuchel made it clear that he didn't want to play him two week, or last week against Wolves and had to. Uh, he came on again at midweek for, you know, whatever, 15 minutes or whatever it was at the end of the match, and then he, you know, started today, and... You know, I think it was, you know, he was kind of extending to make a pass and kind of got caught up in the turf a little bit. I think it wasn't like a contact injury from my recollection, but I mean, it is, it's devastating. I I think this guy on his day is the best player in Europe. That's with Lifetime Achievement Award Messi and the rest of the, you know, kind of normal cast of characters. I think this guy's made the biggest impact on our style of play since Eden Hazard left of any player. And, when he is healthy, we are a different team. Like he is an animal 
in every single facet of, of his game. And he's becoming more skillful in the final third, which is terrifying. <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the injury situation is, is not, it's not tenable for planning. Uh, you know, I think is, is probably where we're at. And, you know, you, you add into the fact, you know, it's kind of what I was saying with my three word match review that Kovacic is probably not a hundred percent. They're actually, there's zero percent chance. He's a hundred percent. Jorginho clearly is not 100%. Ruben Loftus-Cheek hasn't played in three weeks or two weeks now, three three or four matches. And Ross Barkley's your emergency option. Saul. Saul, like, yeah, I mean, Saul's played better last the last match and a half, which is good. He's probably going to need to play again against Brighton. So, you know, whatever. But, yeah, no, it's, it's super frustrating. And, like, again, it, it's partly because we've seen this midfield just dominate and, like, absolutely own this side of the pitch and almost be autopilot, right? They were so fucking good last year. Suffocating. That it's, yeah, I mean, seriously, two people suffocated three people last year on multiple occasions. Yeah. I mean, it's it's frightening. But if you're planning right now, Brandon, I think you have to plan to go into the market and just plan for N'Golo to play once every two weeks or whatever, you know, and then reassess where he's at at the end of the year if he needs surgery or whatever. Yeah, was it you or tweets who said the the Conte succession plan needs is now needs to happen in January? Like Chelsea are probably riding their luck as long as they could, but it's to the point where it's like, hey, um, you, you need a reprieve and you need a box to box destroyer of type. Kovacic tidy, Jorginho good at pressing, tidy in possession. You know, Ruben is box to box, but he's he's no Angola Conte. Um, he's actually probably better in the attacking sense. Uh, then you got Barkley who's attacking Seoul is is warming up so you really need to go find somebody like an indeedy who can sit and just break up play um and you know there's got to be players like that that uh, i know obviously joe likes too many we talked about declan rice uh whatever it is uh, um speed that timeline up uh because it's something needs to be addressed the obviously the the number one option being declan rice isn't going to happen in january especially with west ham falling off pace but still trying to push for a european place um that's it's it's that's not gonna happen anytime soon but like what can you do in the winter to try to provide cover there's got to be some creative loan trade situation that chelsea can do you you go all in on many i mean i think you have to at this point and it's it's partly in a bad bargaining position because they're gonna know that you need him and but they're also in a tough position themselves, so it might it might all be out in, a, in, a, in the wash or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you find an option one because Ingola is likely not going to be healthy the rest of the year. It feels like you know, he might, you know, as spring progresses, he might get better or whatever, which is great. And then you just have a you know a, a bounty of riches essentially. But for the immediate term, it's not fair to Kovacic, it's not fair to Jorginho, it's not fair to Ruben or Saul or whatever to have to go through the rotation and not know who they're going to be partnered up with as frequently as possible. So I think you need someone there. And I, and I would just say on the, I'm getting a lot of Pulisic talk because I brought it on myself last week and uh, there was a lot of fun I had uh, talking to people about it. Uh, the, say whatever you want to about him, say that you want him gone, say that you, whatever, I don't care at this point, just say whatever. The dude has not played in his preferred position uh, in a long time. He sacrificed a lot for the team today, starting up front, going to right wing back. I actually thought he played better at right right wing back than in previous stints. 
and got the ball, kind of looked dangerous again, there was no pathway for him to get the ball in the first half. He was lost. And Tyrone Means ate him alive from just in space. He's just not big enough. So when Big Rom came on and gave Tyrone Means everything that he wanted and more, Pulisic had a ton of room on the wing to combine with Mason Mount and do a bunch of really good stuff. So uh, that actually worked out. But that's not a long-term solution either. Like, he can't be the right wing back for this team to win the Champions League. And that's he's a number 10. I don't know. Uh, back to your too many. Uh, it is trending in Chelsea Twitter right now. Uh, we are not the only ones uh, discussing him, which is not a surprise. Uh, but Dan, you want to talk about Callum Hudson and Doy a little bit? Uh, very bright today. Very positive. Uh, really unfortunate is the nice way of putting it that he didn't score mm-hmm. today. Um, oh, no. But you know, you would oh, still call K- it. Kovacic a, a- also is basically just uh, allergic to taking shots sometimes yeah <laughs> I, I can't believe Callum, the trigger i know i can't believe he didn't bear that one towards the end too wide open on his right yeah. foot just hit it into uh emmy martinez but anyways uh your turn cho well involvement in each one of the three goals and i think that is something that we wanted to see from callum is a consistency and look this is also someone who just came off of having COVID, who played 90 minutes when the team needed him. Again, there, there were a lot of, you know, hero is kind of maybe an overused or pejorative word in this sense. But there were a lot of people who were super committed in the way that they contributed to a team. This was a team victory today. You know, Callum coming on for the time that he did Lukaku with the 45 minutes that he offered Kovacic coming in again with basically no preparation time to get back up and running Pulisic going to right wing back. Like there was a lot of just team level contributions today and gutting it out. Yeah. 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 We, 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 we made this one. We manufactured this one through grit and determination, but I just don't understand the criticism of Callum. Yeah. He had misplaced balls, but so did plenty of other people in the first half in this game. Like, I I think once you saw, though, Lukaku came in, gave us a focal point centrally. He was able to connect. He was able to place a ball perfectly on the man's head, was also able to set Lukaku up to win the penalty. Uh, One another. Like, I mean, what, what, what else do you want him to do other than score? Like, I think that is the last part of the Callum puzzle to solve is how does he occasionally get goals and develop a a nasty nasty shot to go with everything else that he's doing as well but i just think he looks good in our attack and i don't feel bad about saying that a lot of to say uh, look a lot of changes affect these players i don't think we probably give that enough credit the chopping and changing the playing one position switching to another position you know you know callum hasn't been in for a while it was going to take him a little bit to get that kind of sharpness back so the fact that he ended much better than he started to me nick i think is a very positive sign for callum and which is why i'd say people should look at this as as much a, a very obvious net positive for him yeah i mean I, I thought that he had a good game on the whole i mean i I, w- I was taken aback, and I actually tweeted about this in the first half, that our passing was horrific all over the field in the first half. It was We were giving up possession in really dangerous areas that you, you typically don't see us give up possession in, and it was just kind of all over the place and not, not good enough. And, um, you know, Cal contributed to some of that for sure. Um, but, you know, he, he did have a pretty positive uh, game today. And, again, it's he is getting this chance, right, that everyone wanted him to have 
to play in this preferred position that three other players in our team want to play in, and he's getting a chance to play in it when he's healthy. And he's he's doing a good enough job to stay in the in the role. Right, so until he's not doing a good enough job and someone else takes over, then you know that's what it is. But until that moment, you know he has performed really well this year. The stats don't really back up the entirety of his contribution. I don't think you know if I was I tweeted out kind of comparisons the other day, and you know Pulisic has two you know two goals to one in the Premier League this season has barely played. So you want to see that go up for sure, like Dan was saying. But uh, and and he had two golden opportunities today. The the worst one was not the the right foot. It was the one where Alonso set him up and he just completely missed the ball. You know that's tough. Um, but you know overall he had a great cross in his box. He should be really proud of that, and he should be good. Uh, he should be really proud of the the good pass to set up Lukaku because I, I, I this kind of brings up a broader point for me. The change in the formation and Villa pressing forward meant that we played on the break a little bit more in the second half. And how fucking refreshing was that? Mm-hmm. I mean, it it just opened up a world of, of possibilities for our attackers, including Callum, including Mason Mount, including Pulisic from the right wing and, and Alonzo and obviously Big Rom doing the absolute sauce at the end there. But God, I just want us to sit back and, and let pressure come onto us at times because just banging our heads against the wall and just you know doing that over and over and over again, having 80% possession in a game, we're just not finding the space. When we have the space, we have the athletes to get in behind and make easy goals, and that's what I want moving forward. So like, I think that midfield really contributed, and obviously Cal pulling the choker at the end really did a great job. Okay. Um, well, the, the last thing we want to talk about was is Tuchel, uh, a man on fire. With his words, <laughs> so it's a, it's a film uh, he's reference. He's obviously Brandon happy Busby. with the three points, but everything else, uh, not so much. Yeah, um, great. So, <laughs> Denzel Washington, yeah, never heard of him. I have actually. Uh, pretty <laughs> wild ride of the movie. Uh, Tuchel still banging the drum on player safety and Premier League hypocrisy across two post-match press conferences. Um, he was calling out for five subs to make a return and bringing parity to European competitions. Uh, I was actually you know, talking a lot about this too, to me, Dan, the importance of the five subs is we have so many players that are fatiguing and playing at low physical fitness levels that their chance are soft tissue injuries a la Tiago Silva with a hamstring is putting them in danger. So now he's like, look, I got six guys I need to sub. I can only make two physical subs because I need one for tactical changes we're putting these players at risk. They need to be rested. Then you go to the Champions League. Those players of other leagues are more fresh. And of course, the irony, England are the only fucking league playing right now. So it's like we have less subs and more games. Like, brilliant. Like, where does that leave us? So, yeah. Talk about the real double jeopardy is that. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, Dan uh, Tuchel with uh, a lot to say again. If you actually haven't watched the interview, we we did put it on our Twitter as well because the man was spitting fire today. He this is actually the second press conference in a row, post mass press conference, because he was also very angry hot. and he was hot. I, I don't know. I, I won't describe as angry because angry is a mood, and I, I won't kind of. But he he had a level of bite to the way he was speaking which would allow us to infer that he was unhappy with the situation. But some of the comments that he had in this press conference 
where that's the same situation for everyone else. We have concerns because we are not only football players and coaches, we are also fathers and have family members. So we're also concerned and have doubts and fears. You know very well the situation was very different when we arrived in Wolverhampton and had seven positive tests in three days. But the feeling that we just had an outbreak, we want some time to deal with it mentally and settle the team down. That was not the case. We lived with it. We tried to be as supportive as possible. I can say on this occasion, I would love to push for five substitutes because five substitutions were made to protect the players when coronavirus popped up and made life difficult. I think the situation is very serious and very challenging. So if we decide to keep on playing, we should at least have five changes to control the load. And I think, Nick, the way that he was phrasing it to me, he was of the acceptance that like, look, we're going to play games. We are not going to postpone. We are not going to push off. Yes, it would have been great to do it in an instance like other clubs have like many other clubs have. I and mean, when you look at the list of matches that have to be yeah. rescheduled at the moment, it is starting to look longer than some fixture lists. Complete Nin- schedule fixtures. It's 19. massive. And so he's proposing the, if we are going to do this, if we are going to be on this crazy bent to not postpone and to jeopardize the safety of players by putting them back out every two to three days, wouldn't a way to possibly mitigate just a little bit of these injuries be to reintroduce some additional subs. It sounds really logical to me, but again, we're just three guys podcasting. <laughs> yep. I'm just an idiot with an opinion. I mean, it is, um, there is precedent for it already, right? We've already been through this uh, once, so there's no reason why it shouldn't happen again. Uh, two, he's 150% right. Three, there's probably going to be challenges from the smaller teams who don't want those substitutes to come in because their squads are smaller and their competitive advantage is that we don't get to bring on our fourth or fifth sub. And the irony of that is a lot of the smaller teams are the ones with COVID right now and who haven't played in two or three games and are probably rested up or whatever. Uh, Hopefully everyone's safe and healthy, obviously, but that's kind of how it looks from the outside. And so all of this is just... It's just making life absolutely miserable, not to mention that, like you said, we have uh, a really important player leaving for AFCON in, in a week and a half and uh, a Club World Cup to get ready for and two more cup competitions uh, domestically to get ready for and uh, a Champions League title to defend uh, at some point. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just insane. The, the Premier League is is archaic. They are dinosaurs. And for as much innovation as they brought to the game, this is just stupid. Like, do it. Pull the fucking trigger right now. Like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, you should have done this in December when Omicron popped up, and you're just behind. It's it's really disgraceful to me. So, if you're not gonna like at least balance out the 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 match load, there have been 19 matches canceled because of COVID. Do the smart thing. I don't know. I think it's it's a question of the integrity of the competition, right? Like that's what they like to lean. Yeah. The back Premier on. League like, and screwed Crystal Palace today. They just gave Tottenham three yeah. points. Unbelievable. Hundred percent. And, and so the, the the question, the integrity is well, if you can't re- postpone the match, you have to give them more flexibility can't. to try to manage it in the game. Like you you have to find a way to or. You say, you know what? We are going to have to reschedule some matches. And you know what? It sucks. And we'll figure out a way to do that. But it means double game weeks, you know, later on in the season when a lot of these other competitions have gone around. But like either way, the integrity is kind of called in a question. And so, 
look, if we win the title, I'm, I'm still going to say that it doesn't matter because we won. But like that, there was a lot of <laughs> adversity overcame that was probably yeah. unnecessary. I mean, like right now, Chelsea are just kind of riding the waves, hoping that we're not going to get max points, but we want to get as many as we can. But let's just get through it and be at the top of the matches played list. That's almost like the goal right now. So then when there's going to be other times of the season, there's going to be these pileups. Think about Tottenham and you know, Brentford and, and now Liverpool and, and everybody. They're going to have to fit them in, and it's going to be an uncomfortable time. So it's almost like let's just get through this super shitty part of the season, get to the other side, take a deep breath while everyone else is having to deal with these bullshit schedules. That's the only silver lining I can come through right now. It's tough. So anyways, all right, well, let's go ahead and start to wrap this bad boy up uh, with the Dan of the match. You ran one, but people are still unhappy. Um, oh, I, par for the course. Well, I, I, the irony is like, I think you're just, I think part of it is you're inconsistent with the other. I mean, Tiago Silva didn't even play the entire game, but he's in there. Lukaku didn't play the entire game, but he's in there. Yeah, he scored goals. Goal. <laughs> Tiago Silva made sure we didn't concede in the first half. I mean... Kind of cuts both ways, Brandon Busby. But anyway, Hudson Odoi with 13, uh, almost 14% there. Jorginho with about 7%. Lukaku dominating, dominating it, 78%. And then Silva with one-ish percent there. What's going um, on that Jorginho, who scored two pens, is half of Hudson Odoi? What's your criteria here, people? I like, mean, score, scoring two is tough. I, I, I think one, you know, one is, you know, pretty easy to do. But I'm saying, how is Jorginho second, half of Callum? Like, taking two Callum pens is not easy in the same match. three of the goals? No, okay. I'm just, I, I'm surprised to see that. I'm asking not you, but the people out there, what the hell the criteria is. You know, I mean, oh, ice in the veins. Make sure to blow up Brandon Busby if you're upset about his statements just now. Go Direct, for it. Jorginho scored them two to a different penalties. Folder, please. Absolutely. second one was fantastic. Anyways. I'm not just think Hudson Odoi should be third on this list. That's all I have to say. Um, anyways, Nick, we had uh, not a lot of matches this weekend, but uh, a few. There's still one more to be played tomorrow, United and Newcastle, I believe. But uh, holy goal fest. Yeah. Uh, the, I watched the Man City Leicester game today. That was entertaining as hell. I tried like watching it, was... it and Lester just shit it. And I was like, all right, you know, what? I can't be bothered. If you're not going to take this serious, Lester, I'm going back to West Ham Southampton. <laughs> No, it was it was fantastic to watch, and they they came back in the second half a little bit, which is nice. Uh, Arsenal continue to beat up on nobody. Norwich, uh, which is you know five nil, whatever. Uh, they've won five in a row now and are like comfortably fourth, which is odd because West Ham lost to Southampton and kind of seemed like they're not going to do anything this year, despite uh, beating us miraculously, which is super cool. Um, and then, yeah, well, you guys mentioned this earlier, but Crystal Palace had a huge COVID outbreak. The Premier League made them play, and uh, clearly that did not go well for them as Spurs ran out 3-0 winners. Spurs and Arsenal both had momentum in the league, which I absolutely hate, and uh, that's just kind of where we are right now. Like I said, uh, United Newcastle playing on Monday when this comes out, so that might affect some things a little bit, but... Uh, the table as it stands, Man City still in first, undef uh, completely. They've won all their last five. I think they're unbeaten or like in nine or something like that. It might even be longer. They, oh, they're 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 the class of the league. They're right on now. a tear. It is. Yeah, Liverpool yeah. in second, uh, but they did not play on forty-one points. Uh, we are in third, 
also on 41 points, but the goal difference being the the change there. Uh, so again, us and City have played 19, Liverpool on 18. Uh, fourth place, Arsenal on 19 matches played with 35 points. So we have a six-point buffer there and a 20-goal difference buffer, uh, which is nice. I hope we don't have to cash in on that. And as Nick said, mm-hmm. Spurs only 16 played in 29 points in fifth. So they have a lot of ground to make up but they have the matches in their pocket to do it uh so that's top five uh as you scroll down uh burnley in 18th on 11 points newcastle 19 on uh 10 points and norch and 20th on 10 points but again burnley has only played 15 matches in the premier league four four behind uh everyone else for the most part i mean it's they have the most in hand yeah i mean and they've had you know, they had one canceled because of snow Tottenham with same there, but then they've had a massive COVID outbreak too. And, yep. you know, it's just, it's a, this is a disaster for the Premier league. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. 19 matches canceled since uh, Omicron propped up. So I, I do like on the table where it shows the next team to be played that Wolves, Burnley and Newcastle all show with Manchester United as their very next match. Yeah, good luck to figure that one out. Uh, and then, like, the relegation's crazy because, again, Norwich have played 18, Newcastle played 18, Burnley 15, Watford in 17th on 16 matches, and Leeds in 16th on 18 matches. I mean, again, the teams in 17th and 18th have three and four games to make up respectively. So it is all wild. If you're even Everton, right, who's in 15, uh, 15th place on 17 games played, 19 points, Everyone in that 15 on is in trouble, mm-hmm. like real trouble. And it's, I, you know, God, I hope this is the three that go down again. We've been saying that all year, but for the love of God, I mean, if you're leads, you're sweating bullets right now. I mean, you're, you're not playing well. And, you know, if Burnley win two matches, you're getting, you're probably pushed down in the relegation. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, just wouldn't that be terrible? Yeah. So anyways, Chelsea are officially halfway down to Premier League season, uh, 41 points. So if you're to double that and get to 82, definitely not winning it at the current trajectory. So uh, clearly a, tur- a corner needs to be turned to get back out there. But we said plenty of drama <laughs> left in this season with everything. So uh, again, probably just, you know, want to take a moment to, you know, give that massive shout out to everyone. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning about 700 episodes of the three of us bullshitting. Obviously, this season the team has expanded, so I think mm-hmm. our numbers are going up, uh, you know, quite a bit faster. Abdullah and Jesse on the women's pod. Uh, you got the Tinkerman with Joe and and Yaz. Um, you know, we've got Phil is at Chelsea Youth jumping in with stuff. Uh, Jeremiah Ludacris is jumping on pods. I mean, we just the the family has grown, Dan, and it's so exciting. Um, that we're able to take this stupid idea I had seven and a half years ago and actually turn it into to something far bigger than us, uh, thanks to our amazing community of fans. Oh, as we continue to say, it's the best thing that Twitter has done for any of the three of us. Um, I don't know, though, some of the rage tweet sessions that Nick and I get into with people are probably not <laughs> a bad byproduct of that. But yeah, just in general, the people who tune in and listen. I mean, we saw it through the Spotify rap thing, the people who spend 
thousands of hours or thousands of minutes rather listening to the show per year, hundreds of hours potentially listening to us wherever that might be um, in our native USA, uh, across the pond in the UK or wherever Chelsea fandom has brought you or wherever you found Chelsea fandom. It's been wonderful to see just the outpouring of support continually the people who tell us, um, you know, we posted a message on I think Christmas Eve just about speak up if you're you're not feeling well. We had a couple people jump into some DMs and just either ask you know to, to chat or to say thank you for you know, what what we were able to kind of do for them in the pandemic to give them a little bit of a community or a, a group of people to talk to just about sport and um, yeah, and it makes you realize how uh, impactful you can be if you just uh, put your mind to do something and do it for the right reasons, Nick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it has been the honor of my life to do this. I mean, it's so much fun and so interesting. And we've, we we have been the beneficiary of so many people contributing time, energy, talent to, to the group, both, you know, our, our own team and, and those who have kind of joined as contributors and our talented guests and all those folks. I mean, you guys make the community better. You make us better. You make us smarter uh, and and more thoughtful. And you know, again, it is our goal to be, you know, the the place you go after a match or the place you go to have some thoughtful commentary. And I think for for a large group of people, that has happened over the course of seven and a half years. And we're super happy with the results to this point. Uh, our to do list is longer than our uh, mini list of accomplishments that we've had. And uh, so, you know. We're, we're feeling that fire the right way and uh we, we have a lot of a lot of room to grow so uh we're meeting next week during christmas break to to keep that train rolling and make sure that we have everything in spot for uh an, an aggressive growth in 2022 but uh until then just thank you i mean thank you for listening to us over this many episodes it's wild all right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and log off on this one. Again, way more content coming at you this week. So um, really, really appreciative of everything that you know we've been able to, to do with this and excited to do much, much more. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high.